not help men become the men that they were created to be. And it's in doing it, and it's in pursuing who you were created to be that you unlock your purpose and mission. Pornography is really the marketing department for the human trafficking industry, I guess, if you want to call it a, an industry. Now, average age of first exposure to pornography is about 11 years old. Nikki, I can't tell you how many men I've spoken to that are 25, 30 years old. And they're like, I've never been able to get intimate with a woman. I've never been able to look a woman in, in her eye. But with pornography, you can go get all these sexual releases or what you feel may be a sexual release without having to show up as a man, without having to take on any responsibility. You don't even need to approach a woman because then what if I approach her and she says no? Pornography is never gonna say no. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. Um, and a very special guest lined up here today. This is a man I met who actually interviewed me for his podcast last week and uh, blew me away with um, how thoughtful and perceptive his questions were and also challenged me, like hit me right between the eyes with something that I haven't really paid any attention to. And the su that's the subject of uh, addiction. Addiction is something that a lot of men face and specifically addiction to pornography and how this can be insidious to a man. Today's guest is Frank Rich. And uh, Frank, I like your hat, brother. Yeah, awesome, brother. Great, uh, great, great, grateful to be here, man. Really enjoyed our conversation last week. Yeah, me too. So tell me about that hat, brother. That's, that, that, that's a styling hat. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm a hat guy. It's it's always been my thing. Um, you know, growing up, I was an athlete playing playing baseball a long time. Uh, so much to the point that I like I'm just known to having hats on. That I was training at a gym. This goes back about five or six years. I've been training literally at this gym for three or four years up to this point. And I did a photo shoot, and I started sharing some of the pictures of my photo shoot online. It was the first time that the people working at the front desk had ever seen me without a hat. So I showed up the next week, and they're like, "Frank, we didn't know you actually had hair." Um, so the hat is not hiding a bald head. I do have a pretty wicked uh, set of full, full, full right, set of hair. Take heads. it off for one sec. We got to see. You got to prove it, bro. There Come you on, go. Dude. Look at that. That's so He's got a mullet going on in the back, too, like from the 80s, man. Check it out. <laughs> dude, I got the 80s. So I got the 80s mullet. I got the 80s stash, man. And I'm rocking a, uh, I'm rocking a dangling oh, cross I, here. I, I, I'm, I love I'm, it. I'm bringing, I love it I'm bringing the 80s generation was the best generation ever. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> but no, this truly. hat, so... It's got no real meaning other than like, I liked the patch on it. It came from a clothing company. So one of my clients, like he, he, he showed up to one of our sales call and he just had this really nice, like flannel shirt on. I was like, where'd you get that? And he, and he, and he, he told me the website and I literally went on the site later that night after our sales call, I bought two flannels and I'm going through their, uh, their clearance section. I'm like, this hat is on sale for 10 bucks. I'm like, I need to get it. Um, so, so anybody that's not watching the video, like the, the, the hat says pedophile hunter. So in addition to helping men, uh, overcome pornography, uh, I'm, in, I'm, I'm involved with a couple of human trafficking organizations here locally. Um, so I do think yeah. that there's no element of truth, uh, to, to the hat, uh, but it definitely gets people's attention. 
Um, so no, I appreciate you bringing that up. So Frank, um, before you get into that organization and we get into the depth of your story, tell me, tell me the name of this clothing company. Cause I gotta go check it out, man. Now, now you make me want to go get Dick- something. Dixon D I X X O N. Uh, they're just kind of an all American, you know, uh, kind of, kind of men's wear t-shirts, flake, you know, um, summer wear. They got, they got nice trunks. American made clothing. Uh, you know, I try to, you know, I try to represent, um, and buy as much American made brands that, that, that I can. I know you're up in Canada, uh, but yeah, Dixon D I X X O N. Listen, buying American, buying Canadian on the same continent. So I think it's good stuff. Uh, I'm a supporter of that. So good, good. So Frank, tell us a little bit about this, uh, anti-human trafficking uh, organization that you're a part of, uh, and why it's important to you. And then we'll segue into uh, what we want to talk about. Yeah. So there's actually, uh, so there's, so there's two, um, that, that, that I've been involved with for the last two, two and a half, three years. Um, one in particular called stop the movement. Uh, they're, they're a local nonprofit here in the Tampa Bay area, um, founded by an incredible woman. Um, so their, their goal is to just raise awareness here locally. So they have a street team, they go out and they, you know, they contact churches and businesses just to bring awareness uh, to the dangers of human trafficking and how big of an issue it, it is. So uh, Tampa or Tampa ranks third in the state, I believe, and the state of Florida ranks third in the U.S. in terms of human trafficking victims. Um, and why this is this is uh, uh, something that I'm passionate about. So you mentioned it here at the beginning. So I have a company that that helps men overcome pornography addiction. Um, and when I got into this, I didn't I didn't understand the human trafficking side of things. I didn't understand the correlation between the two. But I'm a big believer that that pornography, and, and we can get into this later if, if, if you want to, is really the marketing department or marketing industry for the human trafficking, uh, you know, industry. I guess if you want to call it a, an industry. So it's big, big business. 150 million dollars per year uh, is what the human trafficking brings in globally. Uh, but this organization here, they go out, so they get in churches, local businesses, schools, and just bring people educational resources. Um, so a small portion of our of our revenue every month goes goes to them. So so there's a charitable component. Um, and then I have another um, company that I work with, another organization that actually does the so the rescue kind of thing. So stop the movement. They're out on the front ends, kind of bringing awareness. Um, and then a very dear friend of mine, Natasha, she, uh, she runs an organization called Redefining Refuge and they're on the back end side of things. So I don't know how much, you know, you, you want to get into trafficking here, but if, if a girl is, you know, being bought and sold for sex at the ages of 11, 12, 14, 15 years old, and this girl is rescued, they just can't send her back to home. They just can't put her back into the environment that she was taken out of. So what Redefining Refuge does is they have safe homes. They, you know, they provide back-end resources, education, schooling. They help these women find jobs. So there's 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 a lot involved there. But at the end of the day, man, it's um, it's one of the darkest. You know, it's it's one of the darkest forms of evil in in, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, fucked up uh, shit. We talk about human trafficking. Whether it's it's being you know purchased and sold for for sex or or, or organs or or, or labor, um, you know here in the U.S. like it's obviously a lot of it is sex trafficking. But when you get into kind of the global things, there's labor, uh, there's there's organ harvesting. So it's 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 real dark, real real evil stuff. Um, but I try to you know I, I try to at least do what I can to to help. Well, man, uh, thank you for that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for bringing it up. So the thing that I want to ask you now, brother, is you called pornography the marketing department for human trafficking. So what's that all about, brother? Why do you say that? 
Oh man, that's a it's a deep it's a deep question here. Just jump, jump right in right in at the beginning here. Um, so what what I mean when I when I say that right is we we have to try to understand uh, what what gets the person to the point where they feel um, either the need the desire or the only out the only outlet they have is to purchase an individual for sex. Like so so we have to get into that person's brain first and try to think like okay what led them there and i've always said you don't end up buying uh victims for sex without going through the pornography tunnel first and this is where you know a lot of our work a lot of our education is 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 to understand like if you're if you're watching pornography and you're a young boy 15 16 years old you're being exposed to maybe some vanilla sex you know it's 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 casual it's 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 male female and then over time just like any addiction like your your desensitization to what you're watching continues to grow. So anybody that's been consuming pornography for a long time, whether they want to call it an addiction or not, I can guarantee that what you watch today is not the same exact material that you started, whether it was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Maybe some people want to push back and say that's not the case, but in the addiction community, this is the case. More graphic, more hardcore materials. Well, what happens when you reach the bottom of the barrel in pornography? Like you can't just like, there's eventually gonna be a point where you've consumed every type of genre, every graphic material, every possible thing. I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna get too graphic here, I'll let people's imagination. So what happens at that point? If the desensitization effect has been in place, now you need to maybe get into escorts. You maybe need to get into purchasing sex, massage parlors. We've had men in our program that have talked about this. Well, if that stops working and you're like, okay, well, the massage parlor isn't giving me the stimulus that I need. They're not willing to do what I want. What's the, what's the last alternative? forcing somebody to do what you believe you need. So that's one element I think that the two are directly connected is you don't end up buying sex without having gone through the pornography tunnel first. Secondly, for the victims. So you have you have young boys, you have young girls, whatever this is, these people are, are slaves. Their pimps will use pornography to indoctrinate them, to warm them up. If a girl is gonna about to be raped by three men, a pimp will say, okay, we need you to watch this because this is what's about to happen to you. So they use it a way to kind of desensitize the victims. So I think that there's two connections there from human trafficking and, and pornography. And then there's a whole other component to it that we can get into where there's a lot of uh, media coverage over the last year, 18 months, last week, the CEO and COO of Pornhub stepped down on all, you know, all, all the media coverage that they've been getting. So these sites, for the longest time, there was no age verification. You, literally, anybody in the world could upload a video to Pornhub. You could upload a video to any of these sites, meaning that if I'm if I have victims and I'm and I'm videoing what they're doing, I can just go put this stuff on the internet. So we not even know what we're consuming while we're watching videos because there's no way for them to verify was this casual? Was this sex uh, consensual? Was this a trafficking victim? So there's a lot there, man. I I, I appreciate you bringing this up uh, here right right at the beginning because I think it's an important conversation to have. So how is it that the average man finds himself being addicted to this stuff? Yeah, I mean, you and I both know. I mean, you, you kind of said it at the beginning. It's like the conversation that nobody wants to have. So, a number one, I think men fall into this due to lack of education. Number one, and then obviously you have the taboo, you know, side of of the conversation. So the fact that we're unwilling to discuss these things leave a lot of men in the place where, like, once they're there, they don't know where to go to. Now, average age of first exposure to pornography is about eleven years old. 
right what? now. And that number is drastically, the average age of first exposure for a young boy is 11 years old. Well, Mickey, what we need to think about, like you're, you're, you're a few years older than I am, I'm assuming. I'm 38, about to be 39 in a couple months here. So for me, when I first was introduced to pornography, six, seven years old, like I had to stumble across it in my dad's drawer, right? Like I had to find a magazine. I didn't have a cell phone at seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. Think of all the young kids in your life that you may, may know. How many of them, 10, 11, 12 years old, have an iPhone, have a tablet? Well, once you have that, you have an, you have direct access without age verification to an infinite amount of supply to pornography. And I always tell parents, if I ever have an opportunity to speak in front of an audience with, with adults or parents, there will come a point in your young child's life where their eyes see something that their brain is not yet developed to handle. So the female's brain is fully developed at 23, 24 years old. The male brain is fully developed at 26, 27 years old. So if they're getting exposed to this thing at 11, 12 years old, they're not even halfway to the point of full development. They lack logical reasoning. They lack a lot of things to understand why they shouldn't and should not be doing these things. So they get caught up in it, they get exposed to it, their parents aren't in front of it having the conversation with them, and then it stays with them for the rest of their life. Nikki, I can't tell you how many men I've speak, spoken to that are 25, 30 years old, and they're like, I've never been able to get intimate with a woman. I've never been able to look a woman in, in her eyes. So I think men get caught up in it just because of when they get exposed to it, lack of educational resources, and the fact that most people just won't have this conversation. Like I got interviewed last week by a woman, this is in a different country, This she was from India, and she thought that the schooling system should be educating the kids on the dangers of pornography, not the parents. No, we need the parents in front of this thing. We need the parents, just like they say, don't do drugs to their kids, to have that same exact conversation with pornography. And then there's a whole other thing we can talk about, just the free casual sex where everybody's sleeping with everybody. Obviously that, that's leading into it as well. So. Any of those holes we can we can dive deeper into, but I think those are the reasons why men get, get addicted to porn. It, it it helps a man think that he's living in a fantasy land, basically, right? It's easier than facing the reality for some men. Isn't that mm. accurate? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. There's a, there's, there's a great book by John Eldridge called Wild at Heart. I think it's a book every man should, should uh, yeah, read. Yeah, I love that book. Uh, it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. And in there, John says, you know, what makes pornography uh, so dangerous is the fact that it gives a man everything that he desires sexually from a woman without requiring anything of him in return. So I'm a, you know, I'm a conservative Christian, right? I believe marriage, uh, I believe sex is meant for marriage. And if you, if you do your roles, uh, if you live up to your roles and responsibilities as a man uh, or as a husband, then, then the wife is there, you know, like the, her body is yours, right? Uh, but you have to show up as a man. You have to show up as a good, loving, supportive, servant, Christian husband. But with pornography, you can go get all of these sexual releases or what you feel may be a sexual release without having to show up as a man, without having to take on any responsibility. You don't even need to approach a woman because then what if I approach her and she says no? Pornography is never going to say no, right? Never. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that element of like it's, it, it's, it's putting you into a fantasy world. And that's not a good thing. That's, that's obviously a horrible thing. I'll tell you something. Um, John Eldridge is right. Uh, that is uh, an issue with pornography. And I, I've been somebody who's watched pornography. You know, uh, <laughs> my lady's listening to this. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this. And um, it's uh, something that isn't even easy for me to talk about because I, I try to examine my reasons for doing it. Well, I know the times that I've been doing it is when 
for me, I haven't been getting a lot of sex. It's just an easy way to very quickly fulfill a biological need. You, you know what I mean? Um, and yet when I listen to you talk about all the issues um, that pornography can create downstream, that it's the marketing department for the human trafficking world. Well, if I'm, if I'm supporting this, then indirectly, that's what I'm supporting. I don't want to be supporting that. Absolutely not. Right. No freaking way do I want to be supporting that. You know what I mean? Um, and I, 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 I ask myself, and you can even hear me like I'm talking to you right now. The normally confident Nikki is, is, is starting to like stutter and be unable to talk. Yeah. All the things that you talk about that it's easy, it's available. You know, it gets me uh, a, a quick hit. That's, those have been the reasons that I've gone into pornography. I, I don't do it right now the way that I used to when I was younger, or I wasn't in a relationship, I'd be all over that shit before there was the internet. I'd buy tapes and I'd watch them on, on um, what's it called on VHS back in the day. And I'm, I'm telling you how old I am by, by, by telling you mm -hmm. that I used to watch VHS tapes. You know, I, I used to even get pornography for couples and in, in, in previous relationships, I had girlfriends who were into that kind of stuff and we watch it together. Um, but I definitely don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be a man that honors women. Uh, I don't want to be a man that objectifies them, that puts them in a, in, in a position where it's contributing to young girls being, being uh, taken by human trafficking organizations to satisfy men who are not facing the issue of how to really develop and create a beautiful, loving relationship with a woman uh, the way that they can or, or, or should. You know what I'm saying, brother? Nick, you know, man, I, I, I just want to, you know, I want to acknowledge you, man. I, I appreciate and respect you so much for having this conversation. And uh, if I could just maybe add some perspective here, you know, with like, uh, when we're, you know, when we haven't had a lot of sex or, 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 or when life is stressed or when I'm needing a release, like seeking the path of least resistance. Let me, let me maybe try to add some context and perspective. Please do. If you have an area in your life that there's stress is, if stress is showing up, if issues are showing up and instead of handling that, instead of solving those problems, you run to pornography because you need a release. You need a stress release. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Where is that going to begin to show up in other areas of your life? I had a client, this was going back about six months or so. We were on one of our group coaching calls and it had a tough week and he had a, he had a slip, he had a relapse. And then he shared something that was so profound to me. He's like, because in that moment, like he had, been, he had a couple clean weeks, but in that moment of relapse for the next 24 hours, it's had, he described it as he had the sense of the give me, give me's. And I'm like, explain to me what you mean there. And it's like, when you go, when you're seek pornography to get a release, you get that instant hit. You get that instant feeling of like, oh, I'm done. I'm, gra I'm gratified now. For the next 24, 48 hours, it's like you want everything that your brain can possibly think about. It's like, give me this, give me that, give me this. It's like without having to put in any of the work. So, you know, I, I, I don't really have anything to tie this home here other than how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if we begin to if we begin to run away from the problems in our life, because that's where I think a lot of them are like they're running to pornography because they're not there's something in their life that they're they're either afraid or they don't feel qualified to handle. So they use pornography as this escape, as this outlet. So it becomes a manifestation of their other problems. Well, instead of using that to solve your problems, figure out how to solve those problems. And then the desire or need or pull to pornography 
will, 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 will go away. You know, when I was younger and I, I wasn't in a relationship and the internet wasn't available, I, I didn't get to watch pornography very often. I had a couple of tapes lying around and I yeah. think I may have watched them a couple times uh, a year, maybe. But back then there was Playboy magazine and Penthouse magazine. And I didn't feel confident enough when I was in my 20s to be able to attract a beautiful you know, uh, sexy, wonderful woman. And I didn't even really understand that I felt that way. I didn't understand that my fear was getting in my way. All I knew is that if I, you know, masturbated a couple times a day, that intense urge in me went away. And I look back at it now and I go, you know, if I knew someone like you back then, I would have been all over joining one of your groups. I'd want to understand how not to have to deal with that, how to be able to be confident in myself as a man so that I could engage with a woman and have a conversation with her in such a way that would have her come and want to be with me, you know, want to date me, want to be my girlfriend. And that's something that as a younger man, I really truly didn't understand. I didn't even know that I didn't know that I was dealing with this issue, but I didn't know that I had this issue and I didn't know that it was operating in the background and I didn't know that it was getting in the way of me being able to have a proper relationship. Now, thank God I did enough personal development work on myself to be able to overcome this over time, but I could overcome it 10 years sooner. I didn't overcome this till I was in my mid thirties and I could have overcome this in my mid twenties if I had known that I had this as an issue. And if I had resources like you that I could have gone and engaged with to help me understand what my issue was and deal with it. No, Nick, I, I appreciate that, man. And, 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 and truthfully, that's me, right? You know, like when I, you know, when I turn the camera on or, you know, when I, when I get ready for, for one of these podcasts, like I'm thinking about the younger Frank, I'm thinking about myself, right? Cause I didn't have, I didn't have that guy. I didn't have a great uh, male role model in, 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 in my life growing up. And, and that's where I've really planted my flag here. And it's like, I realize, like as, as our movement has grown and as, you know, as a company mission has really grown, like I'm becoming a, you know, whether you want to call it an older brother, an uncle, kind of father type figure to men all around the world. I get the messages every single day uh, from men all over the world. Like Frank, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, and what you're saying there is, you know, it is all about the path to this is through personal growth. It's through, it's through self-development. That's why we've, you know, we've changed our mission statement. Back, back when I first started, like, I just wanted to help men quit porn. Like, I just, I just thought that if I could help you quit porn through some of these tools that they were doing, that you'll go on to like live the life that you were meant to be. And it's like, no, that's actually not the mission because all if I did was help you remove pornography out of your life, it didn't make you better. So I think you and I are in a very similar path, right? You know, we talked about some of the other people that we're, we're connected with and kind of this, this movement to rise up and, and, and build up strong leaders of men around the world. Like our mission here at Rebuild Recovery is now to make men better men by quitting porn first, but then giving them tools that they need to rebuild their lives. So no, I'm right there in, in, in line with you. But I will tell you though, Nikki's like, I don't know if, if you back 20 years ago, like really needed it because when we talk about pornography today, the drug of internet pornography, it is a completely different animal than a VHS tape. 
day, then a magazine, right? Because where it becomes the problem is that it's the infinite supply of hardcore graphic material. So literally, I could sit here for an hour and I could watch a thousand different videos. And every video is going to give my brain a new hit of dopamine. It's a new stimulus response. And internet pornography is recognized in the neuroscience world as a supernormal stimulus, meaning that there's nothing in the natural world that's going to replicate the hit of dopamine or the stimulus effect that my brain gets from watching internet streaming pornography. Supernormal. Not saying it's equivalent to cocaine or meth, but it's in that same category. So it raises the level of your dopamine to a point where you're only going to be able to reach that level again through more pornography. I don't think magazines did that. I don't think a VHS would do that yeah, that's for a multitude enough. of reasons. That's fair enough. It didn't. And I can tell you that engaging with a magazine and engaging with a VHS tape was a way of avoiding engaging with an actual woman, was, was a way of avoiding engaging with my fear about approaching yeah. a beautiful woman. When I was in my 20s, I was a good looking young man, a smart young man. You know, I worked hard and I did not have the confidence or the ability or the self-belief to go approach a lot of beautiful women. Mm. Like I had had some very beautiful girlfriends. I'd had some wonderful women that were my girlfriends. I didn't know how to be the kind of man who would keep those women wanting to be with me in a relationship. I, I dated each of these girls in my twenties for maximum of a year and a half, two years. And most of them, most of those relationships were dead within a few months. And when I look back on this, I'm listening to what you're saying. When you interviewed me, and I've been thinking about this since our interview, a lot, actually. And during this conversation, and I'm going to myself, yeah, you know, if I had been um, around somebody who was a guide for me, who would have said, hey, Nikki, go talk to that girl. Start to, you know, not, not to go necessarily say, hey, go take her to bed or whatever, although that would have been wonderful at a certain point in my life. But just go talk to that girl. Get to know her. Have a conversation with her. Be willing to be shot down in flames to have her saying, no, nah, I don't want to talk to you. Go away. Get lost. That would have changed how I operated in the world. You know, I probably would have, um, I probably would have spent less time avoiding women you know, with things like, and I'm not saying that like I did internet pornography, because like you said, it wasn't even there, but like, like what reading a penthouse magazine or watching the pictures or, or looking at a VHS tape or, or other things, right. That had nothing to do with actually me going out, being mm -hmm. out there, talking to a female, spending time with her, getting to know her, getting to understand her, getting to understand what she's going to want in terms of being with a man. I didn't, really have that as a strategy i just kind of fumbled my way through and what i think is valuable what you're doing is yeah you're going to get men off of pornography but really what you're saying to this man is i'm going to show you how to be a confident enough man that you can be with an actual real live woman rather than some bits mm. and bites and digital uh connections to me see we were talking last week you and i about messaging well I think your message is, you know, no offense to what you're saying. And I think it's important that, you know, you want to deal with pornography addiction. But I think your message, it's a very deep point that goes one level beyond. I'm going to get you off of pornography addiction. You're going to say, I'm going to make you a confident enough man who has enough self-respect for himself that he can actually be able to be with a woman, to be able to have a conversation with a woman, 
to have a relationship with one, with a woman to attract her to want to en engage in consensual sex with them and be able to do that at will you know not just hey i got lucky oh my god i can't believe she came to me and then you know never be able to replicate that when she gets tired of you because she inevitably will if that's the self-image you have of yourself 100 percent, man and, and 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 no you're not telling me anything like i haven't already already thought about before right you know i know obviously like i or at least i felt that the work that i was doing here and number one because it's what i wanted to do it was my intention in creating the course, the program in the company was that we were going way deeper than just pornography addiction. But I've also, it's also been the feedback that I've gotten from men. So my language that, that, that I like to use is, is I help men become the men that they were created to be. And it's in doing it and it's in pursuing who you were created to be that you unlock your purpose and mission or, or, or purpose or calling for your life. So depending on where the guy is at in, in their life, we've had guys come in and have launched brand new businesses out of our coaching program or have made career changes or have pivoted or have gone deeper and, and got promotions at the work. So we, we address, and I like to talk about five key areas of a man's life. And I think when you begin to level up in all these areas, not only do your issues with pornography go away, but that's when you begin to really show up, A, as you're meant to be and who the world needs you to be. Faith, you Amen. know, like there's not that everybody comes in as a Christian believer, but the vast majority of them, because that's just what I end up attracting. Uh, fitness as well, right? You know, there's a lot of guys like if you're caught up in any type of addiction, you're probably not at the top of your game in terms of taking care of your health and fitness. So we're going to address that as well. Mental health, physical health, emotional health, we're going to attack all these things, the finance side of things. So are, 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 are you actually living your purpose and calling? Are you making an impact in the world? Or are you getting are you getting compensated for that? And then we have just the family component. Whether the guy is in a relationship, we're going to help him fix that. If it's a marriage, if it's a, a long-term relationship, or who does he need to become? I'm not a dating coach. I actually don't recommend that guys, until they've gotten their lives taken care of and they have a good frame and foundation to build a life off of, that they should go even begin to try to date any woman like i don't believe a man that is, doesn't have control of his sexual desires should be trying to pursue a relationship with a woman so i don't get a lot into the relationship stuff because that really comes after our program but there are elements of that where i want to help a guy build that confidence up but why wouldn't you have confidence talking to a woman probably because you've never done it you've never gone and done it right like communication is a skill if you've never had a conversation with a woman obviously you're not going to be good at it so that's where having like a coach, like you said, like if you had somebody back in the day, it'd be like, here's what you need to go say, brother. And then if you get rejected, come back and we'll talk about it and then go do it again. But you're going to need to put yourself out there. You're going to get rejected. You're going to say some stupid stuff, but it's in building up that confidence. It's funny because you said back then you probably didn't have the belief in and of yourself. A lot of my work is centered around an identity change. I believe that a man will only, only fail at quitting porn and getting out of his life once he makes a true committed decision for one of two things. He's either lacking the belief in and of himself. So a guy that has tried to quit pornography five times, a dozen times, 20 times, he's like, man, I don't even know if I'm ever gonna be able to get this out of myself. That's a, that's a limiting belief of who he sees himself as. And if he still sees himself as, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this, we got a lot of work underneath the hood. We're gonna have to try to fix his identity. So that's the one thing is the self-belief. And then the secondly is just the, the inability to do the things that are needed to live a porn-free life. So there's certain things that you must do and must not do. And once you're clear on that, why didn't you do them? So you're lacking in an ability. So it's a skill set, character trait, maybe, but a lot of it is censored around that belief system of do you just not believe that you have what it takes to live without this or that you just need this because it's tied to your sexuality. So there's a lot underneath the hood that we try to help guys with on the identity side of things.
Yeah, man, that's powerful stuff. You know, it's powerful, powerful stuff. And underneath, underneath it all is a sense of inadequacy. It's a sense of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Uh, mm. No beautiful woman is going to ever want to have anything to do with me. I'm not good looking. I'm not successful enough. I'm not whatever. And I think a part of part of why we do what we do, although we don't explicitly do it to address the issue of pornography addiction like you do, is we want to show every man, hey, you're more than enough. You're a man. Being a man is awesome. And men are awesome. And we want you to know you're awesome. But you're not awesome just because you were born. You're awesome when you take it on. When you start mm. to like act like a man, you start to keep your word. You start to take responsibility and be count honorable and be reliable by the people in your life, by yeah. your woman, by the women in your family and in your life. That, my friend, is what has you be a man, a worthy man, the kind of man that the world is going to mm. want to have something to do with. And I think that the work that you do, see, the work that you do is important because it makes a man look at himself. And I bring lots of folks on the show, you know, and some of the folks have a really, really good things that they want to talk about, but they're so interested in jumping forward and talking about how men can get to be a part of their program that it's a little bit of a turnoff. You know what I mean? even though they have really, really good things to say. But you don't ever lead with that. What I love about Frank Rich is that Frank Rich leads with, this is a problem. This is what this problem's all about. If you don't solve this problem, these are the consequences. And I want to help you solve this problem. I freaking love that. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, 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 I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate that. And if you want me to be completely honest here, it's probably because most of the guys aren't a fit. Like, I'm just not going to take anybody into my program. I'm not looking for clients. I'm not looking for students. I'm not even looking for income. Like I'll take care of all that. I'm looking for successful transformations. So if I don't believe based upon our first, uh, you know, interaction, our conversation that you are actually a fit and you're going to do it, I, I'm, I'm not going to take your money. Go buy a course. I'll sell you the course. You can do it on your own. But we have a, like, we have a very strict application process to be inside of our program. I'll give away the form for free. And in fact, if you really wanted and you were and you were that dedicated to figuring it out, you could go to my YouTube channel and over the hundreds of videos that I've done over the last two years, there's literally my entire 16-week course is laid out there for you. You know exactly what I do with all the men. But the men that want to be a part of our community, they're coming in to be a part of a brotherhood. So there's an qualification there's a qualification and application process for them. So yeah, I'm not here, you know, I'm here today to serve. Like I, I know that this is a message that needs to be heard. It's a it conversation is. that most men won't have. So if I gotta be the one that's gonna have the brass balls to have the conversation, then that's that's what I'm willing to do. And that's what I believe I'm actually here for. So yeah, no, I no, I, no yeah, I, you know, I feel that dude, way inside of the business that, programs. I feel that way inside of the business programs I do for folks. Um, and so I totally and completely understand inside sovereign man, we're willing to take anybody in who wants to come in who wants to make an effort to be a better man and their standards. And if you don't adhere to the standards, well, you're probably going to self-select out anyways. And that's the way we see it, right? Like there've been men who don't want to keep their word. They come into the program and they start to sit down and they think it's great. Hey, it's great to be around men and they don't want to keep their word. Well, that's a standard we have. If you don't keep mm -hmm. your word, you're not going to last. 
So I really appreciate what you're saying, man. And I think what you're saying is really valuable. And I think what you do is really valuable. And this is a, this is a huge global phenomenon. This is not a problem that's just happening in the United States of America. This is a problem that's happening all around the world. It's interesting that you talk about Pornhub. Pornhub's a Canadian company. I'm from Canada, right? They're based in Montreal. And um, it's, it's unbelievable how big an organization that is. It's unbelievable how many people are attracted to this. But uh, the things that uh, we, uh, we call forbidden fruit seem to be the things that tempt people the most. You know, the, the biggest trick the devil pulled was, was convincing the world that he didn't mm-hmm. exist, right? Amen, amen, amen to that, brother. Um, no, and it's, you know, I think it's, you know, what, what we were talking earlier about kind of like the difference between maybe yours and my kind of earlier growing up and kind of the generation today. Like, I think if we can look to the 80s, right? Like if we can look to like the crack epidemic of New York City, this was, you know, uh, they, they, they had they had the cocaine in the 70s, it was a massive thing. And then somewhere along the lines, I don't know all the details, but they figured out a way to, to turn cocaine into, into crack. It was way more profitable, like five, six X worth to the dealers. You needed way less supply and the impact. One hit and you'd be knocked out for days. But this, obviously, like the, the addicts weren't ready for it. The, the, uh, the dealers weren't ready for it created massive problems in the 80s. I wasn't around in New York City, but obviously we've all seen the news, we've seen movies and whatnot. I think because the the the, the rise of the internet happened so quickly and, and porn was really at the forefront of that. You talked about the size of porn or a Pornhub. They knew what they were doing, right? They knew that if they could push this technology, that they could get this into more, it's, it's, it's been at the rise of every technology, right? Internet, uh, virtual reality. So I think I think for the last 10 years, like we just haven't understood the effects. We haven't understood the access point to it. We haven't understood how damaging it is to men's brains and also females as well. But for me, Nikki, one thing that I feel promising about is in just two and a half years, almost three years of me having this conversation, I'm beginning to see it change. I'm beginning to see it more accepted by conversations like this um, and just more accepted in kind of the general mainstream media. So I don't really have a point here to, to bring this home here, other than I think that we're seeing, hopefully in my eyes, a change of how this is looked at around the world and hopefully that's going to change the impact it's having because i think that we just need we need a lot more stronger men around so you know the truth of the matter is um we love and and appreciate and revere the women that are in our lives and that's one thing that um we all need to understand mm-hmm. that this it's having a negative impact on women and imagine that that was your daughter your 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 uh your niece your wife your cousin your sister and and all of that just brings it home to me it just stops something in me and it's 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 a wonderful thing to be able to have a, a real honest conversation like this one that quite frankly is uncomfortable for me because um for for many years i was one of those oblivious men <laughs> You know, um, and listening to it even now, I kind of feel guilty. Like, damn. Uh, I, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate and, that. And it's the truth, it, man. It's the truth. It's, it's something that even, even now I can feel the energy of it in my, in my, in myself. When I say that, I feel, I feel guilty and I feel like, you know, uh, what's going on is not, uh, something that's good. And we will, uh, we will all pay the price uh, for this society-wide 
sooner rather than later if we don't do something about it. So what you're doing is heroic work, man. Good on you for having the the balls to come out here and and talk about this and get men to look at this. It, it's it's amazing, and it's amazing that you're involved with these uh, anti-human trafficking organizations too. Um, you're a hero, brother. God bless you, man. Thank you for thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for bringing this to me and forcing me to look at some uh, long-held uh, uh, assumptions that I've had that I've, I've been clueless about. And yeah, man. No, and I, no, I, I really do you. appreciate you, Nikki, man. I really, I really do, man. I, 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 I feel we got connected for a reason here. I enjoyed our conversation last week. And I think that, you know, you and I are going to do a lot of, you know, pretty epic things here together between the two of us, just kind of some of the things we, we talked about last week. Um, if you're feeling guilt or, or shame, man, if anything, if I could just maybe kind of put a hat on here a little bit and maybe, maybe coach you a little bit, if you'd be okay with that, don't, right? Because anything that you heard for the first time today, you didn't have to know. And, and for you to feel bad about choices and decisions up until that point, I, I think that's a just I think that's an injustice and a service to yourself. Now, knowing mm. you're a man of honor and integrity, knowing you you uh, you you live by your word, where I would challenge you, it's it's what happens in Nikki's life from this point on. But anything you're feeling about the past, man, if I can maybe add just a word to you here, because this was me, right? For for 20 years, I was the porn addict. For 20 years. I was the one that was consuming all this material for 20 years. I was the one that was bringing this into my relationships. So I don't feel like a hero. I feel like, um, Aaron, well, this is just what I'm supposed to be doing. I literally felt in 2019, like a call came and it said, you walked the journey that you did. You lived the life's experiences that you had for this opportunity right now. So I appreciate you saying that, man. I really, I really do. It means, it means. Yeah, I, I appreciate me. you saying that too. But you know, for me, it's, um, yeah. Uh, guilt and shame is not a place I'm, I'm, I'm going to live in to be sure, but I, I, I can do better. I will do fucking better uh, yeah. around this for myself. And uh, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, I'm a man. I'm, I'm, I enjoy the beauty of women and I enjoy the beauty of my woman in particular. And, and honestly, where I got to be is I got to be focusing on her beauty, uh, period, full stop, end of story. And it's not like I, I don't watch porn a lot. Uh, I, I don't watch porn on a daily basis or anything like that. Mm. But the truth of the matter is there have been times that I've watched it and I got a beautiful girl. I should just watch her naked. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> Quite Brother, well, well, we said something there, right? You know, women are yeah. beautiful. You know, they, 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 they were made that way. Like I, you know, like inject a little bit of my, you know, my worldview and faith here. Like I believe God created women beautifully and he gave our brain the ability to respond visually to that. So for us to not look at a woman and acknowledge her beauty would, would be going against God's design for both her and us. The problem comes when the beauty goes from acknowledgement and appreciation to participation in objectification. And that's the thin line that we must walk. See a beautiful woman on the street. Lord, thank you for her beauty and reminding myself that it's not mine to participate in. We should look at and appreciate beautiful women. They were made that way. It becomes a problem when we begin to participate in it or we begin to objectify it. And that's and that's where I think the, the, the mm -hmm. line, it's, it, and it's a very narrow line, right? How do you go from acknowledging to, to, to participation? It's the thoughts that you have around her beauty. It's the words that you speak about what you would do with her if she was yours. That's participating in that woman's beauty. You have no clue who she is. So, no, I'm not here to tell you, like, don't look at women and don't appreciate the beautiful 
women that they are. They were made mm -hmm. that way for us. Just make sure we're we're acknowledging and appreciating, and we're not participating in objectifying or, mm -hmm. or, or objectifying. Mm -hmm. There you go, man. That's that that's interesting. That 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 in and of itself is a whole other conversation that can lead to uh, uh, a, a different podcast episode. But we're we're gonna have to wrap this up right now. I um, I really appreciate the conversation. You're definitely making me think differently about the issue of pornography. I've never looked at it as an addiction thing. I don't see myself as as being addicted to pornography, but I've definitely partaken in it. And um, the truth of the matter is that partaking in it is something that one's got to look at. And, and I think that as a man, especially a man in a committed relationship with a fabulous woman, you want to, you want to, you want to lay off that shit. You know, you, you want to lay off that shit. You want to, you want to be participating in sex with your woman. You want to be participating in enjoying the wonder and beauty that uh, God has given you with that woman. Now, if you're a single man, hey, God bless you. Go out there and, and do your thing. But you're better off not watching a ton of porn. You're better off becoming somebody who is good at conversing with women, learning about how to converse with women, getting into a relationship with women. You're way better off doing that than watching a ton of porn. You, you, you know, um, it's way better to be naked with a beautiful woman who wants to be naked with you than with digital bits and bites. It just is. It's the truth. And we'll wrap it up on that note. Frank, we're going to put all your information in the show notes. Um, what's your website, brother, that people can go to, uh, to get into your ecosystem? Yeah. So, um, you know, website for, uh, for the coaching is rebuiltrecovery.com. Um, you know, if you want to, to learn more, I would say check out our YouTube. So we do uh, a video every single day. We have for, for two years on YouTube. Wow. Uh, and I'm pretty active on uh, social media, pretty active on Instagram. So it's Coach Frank Rich on YouTube, Coach Frank Rich on Instagram. Uh, if you want to learn more about the, the what we're doing here, rebuiltrecovery.com. And Rebuild check out the podcast, recovery. The Superhuman yeah. Life. We Superhuman Life podcast, which I'm going to be a guest on. Uh, and you're going to get to yeah, check out the YouTube too. channel. I think it's uh, fantastic stuff, Frank. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. We'll catch you on the flip side. Amazing. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.